Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Welcome to Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Well, the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother take on some questions from our classic television program she hosted so well in the 80s and the 90s. Great to be with you again, Father. And with you, too, and it's good to hear Mother talk just about some simple, practical things. Like she says in this first a segment, no decision is a decision. So let's we're going to listen to what she has to say about that. Right. And then in addition, we have other topics Mother will be dealing with, like being firm and looking at apparitions, also a litany of humility, always very popular, and the fact that hell is eternal or is it? We'll have to find out. But let's first talk about idol worship and mm-hmm. decision-making. Yes, so this is a typical objection, right, to our Catholic practices and having statues. You know, I was thinking as uh, I was listening to what Mother has to say, that uh, if you asked any Catholic, and probably even children too, are you worshiping the plaster you know, in this particular statue, or what are you doing? I think every Catholic that I know certainly would say, no, we're not worshiping that. This is helping us to reflect on the spiritual realities, and that's really God became man and dwelt among us, and the saints were human, and so they are those that lead us to him. Absolutely. And uh, what I thought was great with this, Mother talks about the term holy reminders in here, these these d- reminders. And I think of her talking about that so much when she started the whole religious catalog, how mm-hmm. important it is to have these images and holy reminders in our homes. Right. I didn't really realize the importance of, when, of that when she began it, but I certainly see it now because you think of all of the wonderful books and beautiful artwork. You know, it's one thing to have kind of (laughs) cheap artwork that really doesn't edify, and it's another thing to have something that's truly beautiful that can help you to think of the things of heaven. And Mother always appreciated beauty, and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in future programs with Mother Angelica. And also, uh, a decision, as Mother talks about, and you alluded to there, the idea that uh, to not decide is to decide, and a lot of people get caught there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can just kind of go back and forth and back and forth, and she says, well, that's really a decision, too, not to do anything and not to move. And I remember uh, our chaplain when I was in a seminary in Rome, that he said, sometimes a bad decision is better than no decision. I thought, how can that be? Well, at least you're moving forward in right. some direction, and then you can alter it if you need to. Absolutely, and I also think it's great that she talks about the idea how important prayer is when you're mm-hmm. trying to make a decision. Let's see what Mother had to say about idol worship and decision-making. We have a call. Hello? What is your question? Uh, Mother Angelica, I'm from Illinois. Two quick questions. The first one, uh, how can I answer non-Catholic people who would say that um, having statues in our churches especially for the Blessed Mother, it's a form of like idol worshiping. And I would say the second one, uh, after you answer this one, please. We don't worship statues. How many here have a picture of somebody they love in their pocket? Yeah, you're worshipers. (laughs) Have you ever gone to uh, Washington, D.C.? Talk about statues. Lincoln, 
Try walking up those steps. You see, what we have, or what you have in your living room, on your wall, your grandmother, your grandfather, your father, your mother, your kids, what is it? It's a remembrance of someone you love. See? A statue of a saint or a lady, especially our lady, is a remembrance of the marvelous creature she is. It's a remembrance that I can ask her to intercede for me. And you say, well, why should I ask her? I go right to Jesus. Why you belong to a prayer group? Why you asking some fellow sinner to pray for you and not the mother of God? Does that make any sense to you? Doesn't to me. Statue of the Sacred Heart. Ah. There you do it. Yeah, come on. Tried to pull the wrong side. What is this? Huh? Do I worship a piece of brass? No. It's a constant reminder to me that my God loved me enough to die for me and suffer for me. So it allows me the courage and the strength to suffer for him, no matter what it is. See, and we need these reminders. Have you noticed how the church theologically, doctrinally has slipped? Why? The first thing they got rid of was devotions. They make our churches look like auditoriums now. Magnificent Gothic churches are done away with under the guise. There's nobody there. I can tell you where there's nobody, but it's not in that parish. We're getting rid of everything that spurs on in the heart of men a love and a devotion. We're flesh and blood and we have emotions. You go into some cold marble building and that's just how you feel, like cold marble. You go into something that's beautiful and the beauty enters into your heart. And that's the purpose of beauty, architecture, statues, paintings, everything. Now you have another question. What is that? Uh, the second question actually, uh, how can I make a decision, especially if it's a lifetime decision, how can I know about the timing that this is the proper time to go ahead and do it or actually postpone it? How can I know this? Well, remember, no decision is a decision. Don't forget that. When we dilly-dally, you made a decision. What? To dilly-dally. <laughs> okay. There's nothing in life like no decision. No decision is a decision. Now, it all depends. Am I making a decision that's life-changing? Ask yourself a few questions. Is it for the honor and glory of God? Is it for the good of my soul? The good of my family and my neighbor? Is it something pleasing 
to God. You ask yourself those questions, you ought to make a decision very quickly. Now you say, it takes time. Well, yeah, sometimes some decisions take time. Why? Sometimes you depend on other people, you depend on other things, you depend on a lot of things to help that decision come to fruition. Some decisions you make spur the moment. And some decisions do take prayer. But I think if you answer, you ask yourself the questions I just proposed, you will find whether you should wait or whether you should change. Never change anything under pressure. Never change anything. If you're in any kind of emotional upset, why? Because you're not clear and you cannot see the hand of God. So with all of that, I think you can make a good decision. Next up, we've got being firm and talking about apparitions. Apparitions are always interesting, aren't they, Father? Mm -hmm. Yes, so I was watching our on-demand site, and I saw that we had a free uh, documentary on Our Lady of Good Help, which is the only approved apparition in the United States. And Bishop Ricken was talking there about how he judged it, that he saw the, all these good fruits. He saw people that were praying. He saw them growing in their faith and studying their faith, which was one of the messages of Our Lady there. And so he saw these good fruits, and it led to its approval. Right, and it's interesting because Mother is really talking about uh, vanity or lack of humility in this entire section here and talking about that's one way you judge mm -hmm. the seers and what's coming out as well is is there a humility there and also in talking about standing firm mm -hmm. the idea that Christ wants us to be humble but not doormats. So he asks why did you slap me when uh, during his passion he was slapped unjustly so it's not about getting vengeance and it's not about being a doormat where people can do anything and everything we're willing to endure what needs to be endured as Christ did for the truth and for what is good, but at the same time, um, we're standing up for what is good right. in ourselves too. Absolutely. Being firm and mother on apparitions. We have a call from our audience and I don't want to miss them. Hello? Where are you from? Biloxi, Mississippi. And what can I do for you? I got two quick questions. One, where do you draw the line between being humble all the time and letting people walk on you or take advantage of you. And secondly, this is a little off the subject, but with all the current apparitions springing up, especially in the U.S., what would you suggest to us on how to judge them and to believe in them or not to believe in them? Because it's so confusing, yeah. especially for me. Like we just went to one in Georgia, and the people were praying the rosary, a thousand people, and that is good, but does that mean that the apparition is true? What, what do you suggest? Okay. First, we'll take the first one. No. Our Lord never allowed himself to be walked upon, and he was the humble. He was humility itself. Uh, it doesn't mean you make yourself a doormat, because truth is truth. You're allowed to defend yourself in a truth in a, a situation where there's slander or calumny. It's how you do things. It's how, for example, a lot of people do not defend the faith today because of human respect. They don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. They don't want this one or that one to think that they think they're wrong when they're out of sight wrong. 
So no, it doesn't mean that someone can push all the error into you and all the, all the heresy and all the schism that's around down your throat. That's not humility, that's stupidity. That's the difference between humility and stupidity. If something is totally unjust, our Lord did that. When the man slapped him in the face, he said, why did you slap me? It was an unjust act. And the Lord was very beautifully loving when he said that. He wanted to bring out to this man that this man slapped him for no cause. In the hopes he would find out, well, yeah, why did I do that? See, he was trying to impress Herod. So it doesn't mean at all that you make yourself a doorman. Number two, the dear Lord said in the scriptures, by their fruit, you know them. And he promised us, you know, that great things would happen in the sky and on the earth, not done by God at all. Is the so-called seer, I don't know where it is or how or what, is the seer humble? That's so important. Is the one who is supposedly seeing Our Lady, Our Lord, Svajibio, St. Joseph, I don't know who they see. If they're see, are they humble people, real humility? Do they attribute everything to God? I think the thing that bothers me sometimes about some of these people are there seems to be so much vanity. I saw this and I saw that and the lady said this and the lady said that. There's, there's not that humble, well, kind of drawing back a little bit and, and, and allowing God to manifest the grace and the gift of the moment. See, there, there are many ways that we can judge. If something is prophetic, you don't make it happen. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back for part two of the program, Mother Angelica answering the call, of course, with Doug Keck here and Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our topic, Litany of Humility. I have to brag, Father, that I've <laughs> always prayed the Litany of Humility. But actually, you can tell it hasn't had any effect. <laughs> Mother says it's very scary to pray this. I like it as a meditation, not so much as uh, intercession for my... <laughs> Growth and humility, I'm afraid that the Lord might uh, answer that prayer. But it's a great meditation, actually, on how we can grow in humility. And as Mother says, not to be so motivated by just the opinion of people. And if we're rooted in the love of Christ and we know that, then we're not so manipulated by the opinions of others. Right, and she talks about holy indifference. Mm -hmm. That's really what the Lord leads us to when we have that security in him. We know him. We know his love. We're willing to endure what needs to be endured. But we're indifferent, really, to what others may think 
or their negative opinions of us. Yeah, and and in the litany itself, it's interesting because it, it has the typical, you know, you, your desire for what you want to have, esteem, extol, mm-hmm. right. et cetera. Even something simple as being consulted. How many times people mm-hmm. get themselves upset because they say, well, nobody asked me. Yeah, that I was left out of the meeting. <laughs> What's that, you know? And so if we don't really care about that and all we have as our goal is I want to do the Lord's will and serve him however he wants to use me, here I am. If we have that kind of holy indifference, we're free. It's funny because the first time I ever heard about this was from Danny Abramowitz, hmm. you know, and he was dealing with his men's groups and he thought that was very, very important for, especially for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we uh, can have, to have too many alpha males, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's good to have some strength, but at the same time, a certain docility and just saying, Lord, however you want to use me, use me. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say about the litany of humility. We have another call. Hello? 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 Where are you from? Worcester, Massachusetts. And what can I do for you? I would like to say the prayer, the litany of humility. Oh, that's a biggie. Oh, it is a biggie. <laughs> it's very scary when yeah, you think of, the, of your humanness. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, Deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, O Jesus. That's a a very, very beautiful litany. It's a little long for the time we have. But I want to thank you for that because it does give us a very good idea of a high degree of humility. It's a difficult prayer to say. But you see, if we are filled with God, if, if we know where we're going, if God is in our mind and in our heart, We will always feel things because we are a feeling human being. You feel hurt, Jesus felt hurt. We cry, Jesus cried. We're disappointed, Jesus was disappointed. We're heartsick, Jesus was heartsick. We feel the coldness of others and Jesus felt the coldness of others. We're heartsick when we're not looked upon with love or those who love us have gone away or have gone cold. Jesus had a lot of those people who grew cold in love for him. 
We're, we're heartsick when we suffer from disloyalty, and Jesus suffered from disloyalty. We're heartsick when someone does something good, for, when we do something good for somebody, and they never say thank you, or they try to do us in. And Jesus had all of that, but he never said a word. As he was accused before Pilate, he was silent. He could have done something. I can call now, he said, for allegiance of angels, and my father would give them to me, but he didn't. So if we're going to talk about how to arrive at that kind of humility, and Jesus said one day, the opinions of men mean nothing to me. They mean a lot to us, unfortunately. We're downed by them. We, we get discouraged, disheartened, despair over an opinion of someone. We don't have that holy indifference. We're not filled with the right kind of love. And so everything goes in just like, like dirty water. And so if you look at Jesus, once I have someone who loves me as intensely as Jesus loves me, Nothing else is going to matter. If you love me, fine, and if you don't, it'll be just as fine. Because I am filled then, you see, with a greater love, so I lack nothing. And so that definition of humility that you read to us can only come from a tremendous love for Jesus. And wrapping up our program for this week, Father, is a question about hell, and is it eternal? What say you? Uh, yes, it is, but it's also, as Mother brings out, our free choice. So God is not coercive. He invites us to life and love and communion with him, but it requires our fiat. And to think about that every day as we go through our day, that he waits for our fiat, our yes to his plans, his purposes, our yes to receiving him and responding to his love. But we can also say, because we have a free will, non servium. And if we can repeatedly do that, and that's the way that we want to live apart from God, then we're given that choice, sadly. As you say, and, and that's the thing, it's really a decision uh, that you yourself make. Uh, the person becomes, in a sense, uh, I think of the Pharaoh with the idea of a hardening heart, where mm -hmm. you, you get to the point that God's mercy it, to you is an anathema to you. Yeah, because you're just so caught up in yourself and closed off to anything outside of yourself that you become your own God in a way. And this is the way I want to live. This is how I want to go, even though it's ultimately not for my own good either. Right, and if heaven is eternal, hell is too. Let's see what Mother has to say. We have another call, hello? Uh, yes, um, I had a call. First of all, when I tell people that Satan is alive and doing well, they look at me like I'm a nut. And uh, Join they, the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't believe me. Um, my two questions were that um, when bad thoughts pop into your mind, and you don't intentionally think about them, but all of a sudden you're thinking about something you're not supposed to be thinking about. Um, did Satan put that in your mind? And oh, sometimes. Sometimes we do a good job ourselves, you know? <laughs> well, priest, I asked a priest if it was a sin. He said not if it was intentional, not if it was unintentional. Right. He's right. 
um, also, when all is said and done, and everybody's in either heaven or hell, and the gates are closed, will hell and Satan be obliterated? Will they be gone? Will <laughs> God get rid of them? No, 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 no. That's eternal. The fire in hell is eternal, and the, and the, the joy of heaven is eternal. Don't let any, that's another one of these little uh, untruths. Some say there is no devil. That's lie number one. Lie number two is that, look, if you go there, the Lord's going to forgive you at the end of the time. You see, the error in this is it is not the Lord who put you there. You put yourself there by unrepentance, by a refusal to believe that you have offended God. An evil person that goes to hell is it's impossible for them to live with God. It's not a matter of God forgiving. They don't want to be forgiven. They are so adamant in their evil. So hell is eternal. Now, when you get a thought and suddenly you're aware of the thought, don't worry how long it was before you were aware of it. As soon as you're aware of it, that's when you're culpable. What do you do then? Well, you say a prayer, you say an ejaculation, say, oh, Jesus, help me. You know, I don't want these thoughts. That's virtue. That's how we become holy. We must always rely on truth. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.